0: good evening welcome back to the chronicles of aguna it's another live stream with me harry simu hello good evening and welcome back to the podcast it's another live edition coming to you uh just the day after Arsenal's emphatic victory over Nottingham Forest. The Gunners were excellent. Uh, The young kids were on display. We saw some fantastic individual performances. We're going to come on uh, to lots of that in a minute. We're going to be talking about uh, Gabriel Martinelli, the return of Bellerin, Tierney, um, Rob Holding, Rob Holding the captain. Uh, He wore the captain's armband for a little bit, so plenty to discuss. Uh, I had the pleasure uh, of being with some of the fantastic journalists in the press area yesterday so uh, hoping to provide you with a little bit of insight from there as well um some comments uh, clear up the context of some of the comments that have been reported uh, in the aftermath uh, to that one in particular some comments that Unai Emery made uh, so looking forward uh, to talking you through that stuff as well if you're in the comments section if you're watching us live a big hello to you guys and of course a hello to all of those watching us uh, back later on or listening to us in the audio format so uh Let's start off uh, by talking about some of the individual performances. I think that's the best way uh, to start. Uh, Arsenal, of course, blowing Nottingham Forest away. I think that most people expected us to to win the game. Uh, I don't think, you know, based on that first half, when you looked at how the first half went, uh, Arsenal were, of course, the better side, had the majority of the ball. But Forest looked really, really stubborn, really, really determined. And as though they could make it a very difficult evening for us and I'm not saying that I thought at any point during that game the Nottingham Forest were going to win it Uh, but I did think that you know it was going to be a lot closer than it was and I felt like if Forest managed to stay in the game that little bit longer um, and go into the second half just with a goal in it they'd have a chance of causing us problems their fans I have to say were in excellent voice. Unbelievable. The Nottingham Forest fans, hats off to them. They were brilliant. I think there was around about 8,000 of them down at the Emirates last night, which is not bad for a school night. Uh, They've, of course, got a game uh, on Friday night as well. That's why this match was played on the Tuesday rather than the Wednesday. Nice gesture from Arsenal, that. Um, So, uh, yeah, Forest were pleased with that. And... uh, You know, it's just a shame for some of their supporters that they didn't get to see uh, a better display, but that's down to Arsenal being really, really good. So if I'm going to start talking uh, about the individual performances, let's talk about the guys returning first, because of course that is massive for Arsenal. Arsenal in desperate need of a boost in the defensive positions in particular. Kieran Tierney made his first start for Arsenal and I thought he was brilliant um I thought he got a little bit tired a little bit later on but that's understandable given um the amount of time he's been out and that the lack of first team football or the lack of competitive football I should say but Kieran Tierney looked like all the things I want him to be he looked like a left back who is uh, a little bit more defensively sound defensively responsible and I thought What he did well was even in a game where we had the majority of possession, he wasn't as gung-ho as said Kalasinach. let's put it that way. He wasn't somebody who was looking to just bomb forward uh, without thinking about the gaps and the holes that he left behind him. So really pleased to see a a disciplined performance from Kieran Tierney, um, but also to see what he can do in the final third. And he's obviously got a turn of pace. He was beating his man with ease on more than one occasion. And he's also got a fantastic left foot. He picked out some brilliant crosses, stood some balls up uh, at the far post and really, really was a nuisance to Nottingham Forest. So really, really positive signs from Kieran Tierney. He looks like someone that could fulfill that Arsenal left-back position for a long, long time to come. And fingers crossed he does, you know, because he's a young player. someone with a lot of... um, potential. There's a lot of hype around him. When we signed him, people were talking about him being, uh, you know, better than Andrew Robertson, which is a huge statement. Um, You know, time will tell whether he reaches that level or not, but he certainly looks a good prospect, looks a really, really exciting player. And I was pleased uh, with his performance yesterday. Let's move on uh, to Rob Holding. Now, he's better than Fabio Cannavaro, some will tell you. Uh, Rob Holding, you know, you know how the song goes. Um, And I was really, really pleased uh, to get a picture with Rob Holding, which I'm going to show you guys here. Hold on. Let me share my screen with you. Um, I got to have a quick word with Rob Holding in the uh, mix zone after the game. And I'll go into a little bit more detail as to what Rob Holding had to say. There he is. Rob Holding, the big man with me, makes me look really, really short. Um, But forget about that. That's not important. Let's talk about uh, Rob Holding's performance. And I thought it was a very assured performance. Um, Again, Arsenal weren't really tested defensively. We all know that. Um, I don't think that that is a a secret. Um, Nottingham Forest were, you know, trying to be defensively sound. Unfortunately for them, though, Uh, once Martinelli opened the scoring, there was really no way back. They didn't offer anything going forward. Um, But, you know, Rob Holding looked solid. He looked pretty fit, which is a good thing. Unai Emery said in the press conference after that, Rob Holding was a little bit tired towards the end, but we'll come on to that uh, Emery's comments a little bit later on. Um, But yeah, great to have him back. And I think in a time where we're obviously crying out for quality centre-backs, I'm not saying Rob Holding's going to come in and make Arsenal watertight. It's a huge job. Arsenal have a real, real problem uh, with the defense, but um, you'd expect things to get a little bit better with Rob Holding in the fray, and he's certainly an upgrade uh, on some of our other options. Anyway, um, Messeurzi was substituted off. I'm going to talk about that as well a little bit later on. Uh, but um, what Rob Holding did get to do was wear the captain's armband, and I thought, you know, that was a sign of things to come. You know, could we see Rob Holding one day as the Arsenal captain? He's a player I really like. He's a player who's um, wise beyond his years. There's no doubt about that. And when he was talking to us after as well, you you can tell that this is a very level-headed young man, someone who knows uh, what he needs to do to get to the very top. He's very focused, very determined and someone who just looks genuinely happy to be back on the pitch after that long, long layoff uh, that he had to to deal with. And, and, you know, mentally, that's got to be really, really difficult. He got the armband off Ozil and with his first touch with the armband, Rob Holding found the back of the net uh, and scored for the Arsenal. And and you could see what it meant to him, the way he wheeled away in celebration. You know, it was as if he just scored the 90th minute winner at Old Trafford. Uh, And, you know, the game was done and dusted and all that, of course. But just to see him... You know, looking so pleased was was fantastic, and I I really enjoyed it, and I was glad to see Rob Holding, uh, you know, get on the score sheet and and have that moment. Um, he spoke about the fact afterwards that he'd gone full circle now with that comeback. You know, where, by the time he goes to Old Trafford on Monday, um, he may not start the game, but being there will be him coming full circle from that injury he suffered. The injury up at Old Trafford, he's gone through months and months of difficult recovery. Um, but now he's back and, and, you know, he was asked whether it will bother him mentally going to Old Trafford, whether the injury will be on his mind if he does feature. And he said, no, um, you know, he, he's over it. He's been there, done that. You know, he's he knows the difficulties he's had to face in the last few months and he's ready to get back to, to his career. And, you know, all of that hard work and determination has paid off because he's now back on the pitch for Arsenal. And that is what matters. Uh, in terms of Hector Bellerin, he came on uh, as a substitute and um he actually got himself an assist, which was good. Um, nice to see Hector Bellerin back involved within the team. Uh, Hector Bellerin, you know, had been saying to Unai Emery in the lead up to this game and Unai Emery confirmed that, uh, that, um you know, he wanted to play the 90 minutes. He felt he was ready, but Unai didn't. Um Unai felt it was too soon and and James Benj uh, of Football.London asked the question to Unai Emery, will Hector Bellerin be ready to play 90 minutes up at Old Trafford? Emery's response was, no, I don't think so. Hector Bellerin would tell you he is, but Unai Emery doesn't think that the Spaniard is ready uh, to play that long at Old Trafford. And I, I've got to agree with that. When you look at how long he's been out, when you look at the fact he played for the under-23s on Friday, uh, got around about 20, 30 minutes in last night um, for the the first team in the Carabao Cup. It seems a little bit too soon. And, you know, yes, there's a desperate need for us to improve defensively. But these players have been out for a very, very long time and their recoveries need to be managed well and properly uh, to ensure that they don't break down again. Because I'd rather them be missing for another couple of weeks uh, and then be with us for the rest of the season. than you know, coming back in, suffering a setback, going out again and and having sort of a stuttered recovery. So fingers crossed. um, You know, they will be fully fit as soon as possible, but I don't expect uh, Bellerin to start up at Old Trafford based on what Unai Emery had to say post-match. Let's talk about Gabriel Martinelli, um, a player that a few clubs were in for over the summer. Arsenal took the gamble. Arsenal made the deal happen, and he is showing, uh, you know, signs of what a good, good player this young lad is. Uh, Unai Emery in his post-match press conference had this to say. He said that Martinelli was perfect. He said he has a great desire to train, to improve. His attitude is perfect um, and he's very humble. And it sounds like Unai Emery has been really, really impressed with Martinelli. I got the impression from what Emery was saying that um, he didn't really expect Martinelli to be at the level he is so quickly. But he's really, really impressed everybody at Arsenal and he got his chance. Uh, He was pleased to have had his chance. Uh, He was excited in the build-up to this game and he took his chance by scoring two goals, didn't he? Brilliant prospect, Gabriel Martinelli. For me, um, he looks ahead of someone like Eddie Nketiah. And I know that's a big statement to make because we've not seen a lot of Gabriel Martinelli. But when you compare sort of Martinelli's early performances in the Cups and compare them to those of Eddie Nketiah, who for me never really showed enough you know, you, you've got to be, you've got to be pleased, and 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 I'm happy to see Martinelli given the opportunities. Lots of people will say that he's a wide man by trade, uh, operates from the left or right hand side, but I thought he showed that he has the skill, the trickery, but also the guile and the hard work to play as a front man. You know, he'd receive the ball with his back to goal, he'd twist and turn left and right, very very tricky customer very busy and not afraid to put his body on the line. There was a couple of times he jumped up for balls that he really had no right to win yesterday. He took a clatter in, but he got up and and just got on with it. And it was brilliant to see. Reese Nelson, um, another player that has a lot of promise. People ask me my opinion on Reese Nelson quite a lot these days. And, you know, uh, it's a mixed opinion that I've got on Reese Nelson because I thought whilst in stages last night, he looked good. Um, there were moments, there were signs, of course, he got a goal. And, and you know, you think, yeah, this is the Reese Nelson that we, we've all been hearing about and raving about. But it doesn't happen, in my opinion, you know, often enough. I, I think that throughout the game, when you look at Rhys Nelson, you look at Willock, you look at Martinelli, you look at Saka when he come on. You wouldn't look at Reese Nelson and say he stands out from those players. You wouldn't look at him and say he's the one that went and had a season in the Bundesliga. He's the one that's higher up the pecking order. And I think Unai's selections of late have reflected that. The fact that he was left out at Watford surprised me. I was really surprised to see Ozil in the side. Um, Not because I don't want Ozil in the side. I rate Mesut Ozil, but just because I thought that Emery would go with Reese Nelson. He hasn't, though. Um, he hasn't always looked to Reese Nelson and it'd be interesting to see how that situation develops uh, over the course of the season. there's been talk uh, from his days in Hoffenheim that his attitude wasn't always 100 percent there um not saying that's the case. I don't know that for a fact I'm not having a go at Reese Nelson but'm I'm, I'm really interested in this one and I want to keep my eyes uh, on it and see how it develops because I think Reese Nelson's got potential but I don't think he's quite at the level that some fans would have you believe at this moment in time. Moving on from Reese Nelson, let's talk about Emiliano Martinez. Again, didn't have a great deal to do. Uh, Complete contrast to that game in Frankfurt where he was very, very busy. But I saw a few signs from Emiliano Martinez that I really enjoyed. You know, his commanding presence. He has a go at his defenders. He's very vocal, communicates. And I like that in a goalkeeper. And for all the brilliant attributes that Bernd Leno has, I think that's maybe what lets him down a little bit. He's not necessarily... Uh, vocal, he's not necessarily commanding enough at times. Uh, you've seen emmy Martinez in these past couple of games. He's played when the option isn't on to play it short. When he feels it's a danger, he goes long, contrary to the manager's instructions. He tells people to push up, and he goes long. And I'd like to see Bern Leno do that a little bit more too, um, because you know, as Jens Lehmann once said, you shouldn't play uh, the the you play the game to how it unfolds. And that's what Arsenal need to be doing a little bit more often at the moment, because it's been a real problem of late. Uh, so good to see Emi Martinez taking control of the situation. And I genuinely think that if he carries on putting these sorts of performances in, he'll be pushing Burn Leno for the number one spot. It's healthy, good, strong competition. That's what we like to see. There's plenty of games, plenty of competitions, uh, and he'll get, of course, adequate game time. But Emmy Martinez has his sights set on that number one shirt. And I'm not saying that he's better than Bern Leno at this moment in time. But, you know, from what I've seen, there is potential there. And it wouldn't surprise me if one day we're looking at Emi Martin as, as Arsenal's number one. Joe Willock, uh, brilliant as ever. I thought he was good again. And he's been good pretty much every time he's played this season. It's really hard to say a bad word about Joe Willock. He's been fantastic in for out of all the young players he's been the standout one he's been the one who's taking up the mantle really grabbed the responsibility and the opportunity with both hands and he's a player i really really like but i wasn't shocked by that last night i've come to expect that now from joe Willock. um so another positive performance and another uh feather in his cap of course um let's talk about mesa ozil now lots of people were disappointed in his performance uh yesterday it wasn't a great performance but having said that, it wasn't a bad performance either, if I'm honest. I don't think that Mesa Azil was any worse than anybody else. And I know that doesn't say much because he is our highest earner, he's our most experienced player. But there were some good moments from Mesa Azil where I noticed he was, you know, talking to the young players. It was like he's taken that mantle as a mentor. He had the captain's armband, a bit of extra responsibility. And I like that from Mesa Azil. Um, You know he's not always going to have a spectacular game as everybody else but i feel like people are way too quick to jump on his back and one thing i will say is he looked visibly disappointed when it when his number was up on the board and sabayos came on to replace him he strolled off really slowly with his head down and as he sort of gave sabayos that high five he looked down at the ground and shake and started shaking his head sorry Now, I don't know if that was Mesut Ozil being disappointed in his own performance or if Mesut Ozil has been disappointed by the manager, because I still think that the manager's treatment of Mesut Ozil hasn't quite been right, in my opinion. Um, Leaves him out, brings him back in, gives him the captain's armband. Lots and lots of mixed signals coming from uh, Unai Emery towards Mesut Ozil. It's clear to me that their relationship is strained, to say the least. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. It definitely is strained. Um, Something's got to give eventually. One of them will have to, you know, move on or change their their attitude towards the other. Um, And, and, you know, it was a great performance last night. And, and of course, we came back against Aston Villa. But for me, the jury's still out on Unai Emery. And you get the feeling that if Arsenal don't finish in the top four, do not qualify for the Champions League this year, it will be Unai Emery uh, moving on first. So um, interesting, again, to see how that situation develops as well. But I I guess the key point there was Ozil's disappointment to be going off. You know, I thought it was so abundantly clear sitting there watching him um, that there is a problem between the two. And I hope that that gets resolved because Ozil on his day is a a fantastic player and uh, Emery could use him to his advantage. But it seems like at this moment in time, he doesn't want to. Let's talk about Callum Chambers or Cafu, uh, as we started calling him last night. I mean, that volleyed cross for Martinelli's opener was sensational. Callum Chambers was getting up and down the pitch all night. He was brilliant, I thought. Um, Fantastic. Showed that he has got that composure, can pick out a pass when he gets into that attacking third as well. Um, And for me, you know, still a little bit suspect defensively, was suspect out in Frankfurt. There's no question about that. But I think He's got to start ahead of Ainsley Maitland-Niles until Hector Bellerin is ready to start games. I think he's earned that based on his his recent performances. Um, and I think we just need it freshening up. I think Ainsley Maitland-Niles has started speaking about the fact that he's played out of position. And I think it's starting to get to him. Um, he was sent off at the weekend. Of course, he served his suspension last night in the League Cup. Um But, you know, I I just think that we need a change there. We need freshening up. I don't think that it's doing Ainsley Maitland-Niles any good playing there every weekend. It's not doing Arsenal any good either. Uh, So, you know, Chambers to start at Old Trafford for me, uh, based on the fact that, of course, um, Emery says he he doesn't think Bellerin will be ready for that uh, game, at least from the start anyway. Uh, Emery spoke a little bit about Callum Chambers in the press conference. I can't remember the exact question uh, that the gentleman asked, but... He asked the question, and Unai Emery turned around and said, I asked Chambers that when he moved to left back, so that was, of course, when Bellerin come on, Tierney went off, Chambers switched over to the left-hand side. He said, I asked him to to sit back, defend, get the ball to Sabayos and provide defensive support for Bukayo Saka, but he didn't listen to me. Now, I tweeted those comments out um, at the time, and I did that because... Uh, I was literally trying to tweet quotes out from the press conference as they were happening. So I tweeted the the quote out and a lot of people jumped on that quote and started turning it into a a dig at Unai Emery and that, you know, the players are fed up with him. I think that's been blown out of context. And I did put another tweet out shortly after where I quoted my own tweet and I said, you know, just to be clear, uh, Unai Emery said that. But was he saying it in jest? Probably. Was he visibly pissed off about it? No, I don't think so. And I think that the language barrier here, it causes for things to be taken the wrong way and things to be overblown. I don't think that Unai Emery w- was pissed off with Callum Chambers. I think had we gone on and lost the game, maybe would have been a different story. Um, but Callum Chambers took it upon himself to get forward last night. That is clear. Um, so, you know, make of that what you will. Um, am I going to crucify chambers or emery for that no it's not really a big deal uh, but i thought it was interesting that emery wanted to highlight the fact that he had asked chambers to be that little bit more defensive to be that little more conservative maybe because he was playing on his wrong side i don't know um but chambers chose to get forward anyway and ended up getting an assist um off the back of that so uh, it worked out well in the end uh, young emil smith rowe he took a knock to the head um and was taken off on a stretcher, unfortunately, for the lad. Um, you know, I when I saw it, it looked bad. It took a few moments for the stretcher to, to come on. Um, when it did, Emil Smith-Rowe was taken off the pitch and Bukayo Saka came on straight away. Um, we were told in the press room that he was concussed. Emery was then asked about that in the press conference, and he said he, he didn't... I don't know if he didn't understand... Again, this is an issue that we have, but he said it was just a knock to the head and it was a precaution that we took him off. But, you know, there were contrasting reports there. We heard he was, um, you know, we heard he was, he was concussed. Emery didn't confirm that. uh, So I guess we don't really know. Uh, But, you know. Given what we know and and the nature of the injury, I don't expect him to be out for any long period of time, which is, of course, good news, because he's starting to get himself back to match fitness now. Um, Let's see what else we've got here. Um, There was talk uh, in the press room yesterday that Unai Emery had given Freddie Lumber control of the team last night. He allowed him to pick the side, the system, the formation, etc., etc. Unai Emery was asked about it. He was asked whether it was deliberate that Freddie Lundberg was given more control. But again, I don't think Unai understood the question. He started going on about something else. He started talking about um, what Freddie Lundberg brings. And, and Freddie Lundberg brings uh, help to him, he said, um, knowledge of the youth players and a man who knows Arsenal inside out. That's what he said. All great things, positives, but he didn't really answer the question. So that continues to be a rumour. We don't know for sure. That there was a deliberate uh plan in place for freddie lumber to take more control of the team um rob holding stopped off in the mix zone afterwards um had a little chat with with some of the journalists there and there was a conversation going on where he spoke about um well he was asked whether he felt pressure coming back into this arsenal team and he did say interestingly that him hector and tierney uh, had been talking about this and that there is a bit of pressure uh, on them to come in and correct Arsenal's defensive problems. And he's absolutely right. You know, it feels like everybody's talking about these three, like, you know, we're never going to concede a goal again, which is a bit OTT because, you know, Hector Bellerin isn't the greatest defensively. Kieran Tierney, yet to see much of him. And, and Rob Holding, you know, he's a great centre-half and he's probably better than, than Socrates and maybe even arguably David Lewis. But, you know, does, is he going to stop us conceding goals altogether? No, because we still used to concede goals when Rob Holding was in the team. So he spoke of that pressure. It is a massive pressure um, and probably a little bit too much pressure for a group of young players who are coming back into a team. Uh, Tierney coming into a team fresh, uh, his situation is slightly different. But it's a lot of pressure for these young guys to carry on their shoulders as well as having to manage their recoveries from these long-term injuries that they both suffered. So I hope the pressure doesn't get to them. I hope it's not a problem. I hope we do see an improvement, of course. But will I be sitting here, um, you know, pointing the finger at those three if we don't improve defensively? No, because the issues are already there. Fingers crossed. They give Unai more options. They give us a little bit more competency in the fullback positions, in particular, where well, we're playing players that for me just don't belong there. Ainsley maitland as we've spoken about, he's not a fullback. Neither is Callum Chambers really. Um, and then of course you've got uh you've got uh Kaseya Kolasinac on the left, who for me again is not, you know, let's be realistic, he he's not a out and out fullback, is he? He's someone that likes to get forward and doesn't really like too much defended. Now the draw for the Carabao Cup fourth round is tonight. Let me know who you guys would like to see us face. Uh, I was going to say bring on Spurs, but they went out to Colchester United. <laughs> that was probably the biggest cheer in the stadium last night when that result came up on the big screen. Um, lovely to see them bottling yet another competition. The only one they probably had a stab at winning, uh, but they're now out of that too. And the problems continue to rumble on over at White Hart Lane. So, uh, always pleased to hear that and just finally um I want to give my condolences to the friends and family of the Arsenal fan who was unfortunately stabbed um on his way to the game last night horrible news uh, another tragic death um caused by knife crime it is horrible man we live in London lots of us have grown up in London we love the place but my god I mean not a day goes by pretty much where we don't hear about some sort of knife crime or some sort of incident. And it's, it's absolutely crazy, you know, and I've watched a couple of programs on it the last few days. I know this is completely off the topic of football with people talking about, you know, um, you know, the, the opportunities aren't there for them and that's why they turn to knife crime. That's absolute bullshit for me. I know plenty of people who have grown up in that sort of environment or, you know have had knocks in life and really really difficult times lost a parent at a really young age and it would have been really easy for them to go off the rails and and you know turn to that sort of life it's absolute bullshit if you ask me um you know there's no excuse for it there's no excuse for turning to that sort of uh, lifestyle and that sort of crime and it doesn't make you cool or a big man you know to walk around with a knife if you're a big man come and fight someone with your fists you know th- that's how they used to do it back in the day. So really, really disappointing to hear about that. And my thoughts go out to the family of that young man. Cause I can only imagine, you know, the difficulty that they're going through. Um, so yeah, my condolences and uh, from the arsenal on behalf of the arsenal family uh, rest in peace, my man. Uh, let's have a look at some of your live comments before we leave. Uh, Healy says, Rob holding will be an exceptional captain in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he looked good with the armband on, didn't he? He's, it's really difficult to judge in a game like that. though. You know, you can't get carried away. Um, I'd like to see him Arsenal captain one day. But is he ready right now? I don't know. Um, you could argue he is, and, and probably just because of the lack of other candidates. Uh, so, you know, it's a shout. Um, but for me, Rob Holding needs to focus on getting himself fit again, getting back into the team regularly cement in his place, trying to improve that backline. And then we can look at that again. Doesn't look like Unai Emery's in a hurry to name a captain anyway, does it? Keeps delaying that. Uh, Ishmael says, yes, Harry, great game. Would have loved for Belogan to get on, but I think the Smith Rowe injury prevented that. Do you think he'll be blooded in the Europa League at some point? I'm not sure, mate. Um, I like the look of Belogan, of course, from what I've seen, but I still think like, like you say, I think Smith Rowe, I think um, various other players, are ahead of him and and you know again we've got to be careful not to be demanding too much too soon from these young players and putting too much pressure on them um the cups is a great opportunity but you've got to find that balance haven't you between giving youth a chance but also being competitive in the cups i want to see my team competitive in all competitions Uh, and you know there are some competitions like the carabao cup like the europa league where you can often go quite far um without necessarily picking your strongest 11. so I'd like to see them given opportunities when the time is right. Um, the Europa League could be a good opportunity, but I think Arsenal should look at getting over the line, qualifying. We won our hardest game in the group. So I think it's a matter of time. It's a matter of when rather than if we qualify for the next round. But once we do, we can start betting some of those players in, of course. <coughs> Excuse me. Duckspeak 82 says, Tierney looks as though he's played for us for ages. Yeah, he, he did look good. Um, no doubt about that. Dan Kershaw, fifty six. Ideal back four. My ideal back four would be Hector Bayerin at right back, um, Rob Holding, uh, along with David Lewis. I think because I think that David Lewis is the opposite to Rob Holding in the sense that he's he likes to play on. Mm, no, wait, maybe that's that's a bad. It's a bad uh comparison that i was going in to make there that's probably the wrong thing what i want to say is david lewis has been dropping off defenders lately um maybe because he feels he has to but with rob holding who's a little bit more aware of, of what's going on around him whose reading of the game is a little bit better than that of socrates david lewis can be the one to step out and be the one to go and engage players and and you know bring the ball out of the defense and. That's where David Lewis would flourish, in my opinion. So I'll be happy to see them two partnered a lot uh, together. And, of course, Kieran Tierney at left back. Uh, speaking about Kieran Tierney, Paul Myra says, Tierney, my Jesus, <laughs> how wicked was he? Just one game in, but I'm very, very excited. Uh, now, the Arsenal says, when are the five captains going to be announced? I wish I could tell you, mate. I genuinely have no idea. Uh, we heard Unai Emery say he was going to announce it one week. Then he said he was going to announce it the week after. And we're still waiting uh what he's waiting for i don't know and i don't see how this can be helpful um you know he'll argue that he doesn't have one captain it's down to having you know a a number of captains and people take responsibility but i'm not so sure about that um i think things need to be clear um and that way there's no gray areas in that way people know what they're doing know what their jobs are they can get their heads down and get on with it kathy bailey says great podcast as ever thank you very much kathy for tuning in. Omar says, evening, Harry, how you doing, mate? Um, Archie says, I prefer watching that team than the first team. Certainly more exciting. Um, certainly look at more silky, look like they've got more flair about them, um, at times, but you've got to bear in mind the opposition as well. You've got to bear in mind that Nottingham Forest have a really, really important championship game at the weekend on Friday night, which they have obviously prioritized, um, so you know lots of factors to take into account when you when you're judging that um we've seen arsenal do this in cup competitions before it doesn't necessarily mean that those players are are ready to make that step up so you've got to be cautious certainly exciting stuff and and exciting to see you know how they've all progressed and how they continue to progress but to to you know to hang our eggs on them and to you know put our eggs in their basket at this stage, I think is a little bit premature. And and yeah, you could prefer enjoying them in terms of the entertainment and the way they play football, which I agree with you, by the way. Um, but, you know, time will tell whether they can make the step up. Martin Mean says, hello, Harry. Good evening, sir. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, man. Um, in response to my question about who people would love to see come in, uh, Ishmael says, I'll take Crawley. Charlie Dalton says Crawley too. Yeah, I'll take Crawley i wouldn't mind that um axel as says hello harry love to be able to join the live stream keep up the good work thank you for tuning in mate all the best um don't forget to hit that like button guys please please that really really helps and if you're listening to us on the audio afterwards uh, please leave us a review if you're listening via itunes that's really important too and uh follow us if you're listening via spotify we are on spotify too for those who don't know, Tommy O'Donoghue says, just tuned in, enjoyed last night's game. What really impressed me was when we lost the ball, the energy getting back to defence. Some of the older players should take note. Um, Messut's Willpower says, I know you have to take the opposition into account, but last night we looked so cohesive. And William Byron says, hey, Harry, don't you think we should just drop Xhaka permanently? Whenever he isn't in the team, we put on amazing performances. And when he's in the team, we lack so much. I've defended Granit Xhaka's corner for a while because I don't think he's as bad as people make him out. I think the system exposes him. And I think the system would expose anybody who plays in that position. But if you've got the issue with Unai Emery playing, then you've got to take that issue up with the manager. And what I mean by that is... It's no good people sitting there and saying, and I'm not saying that William's doing this, you know, William asks a a good question. But there are fans out there who will slag off Granit Xhaka until the cows come home, but are reluctant to criticise Unai Emery. And ultimately, they're forgetting that Unai Emery is the one picking this guy. He picks him every week and he's made him the captain, uh, as far as we're aware, for the time being anyway. So there's obviously something there. Um you know, between the two, there's a mutual respect. was talking to some of the guys at Arsenal yesterday and, and a, a gentleman, uh, Nigel Mitchell, who is the announcer at the Emirates Stadium. You've probably seen him before the games, standing on the pitch. He does a fantastic job. Uh, and he was saying that somebody mentioned to him that maybe... Granit Xhaka is a good leader, maybe at London Colney. And maybe it's something that we don't necessarily see. Made some really, really good points, um, which I, I'm not going to go into because I won't do it justice. Um, but a hello to Nigel Mitchell as well. Uh, he's a brilliant announcer. Um, does Arsenal proud week in, week out. Uh, but that's what he had to say on it and, and what his friend had to say to him. Uh, so really, really uh, interesting stuff. Really, really enjoy being in the press area once again. Um, it's absolute privilege and my thanks to Arsenal Football Club for allowing me to do that. Um, and giving me the access uh, to to the things I had access to, which was the mix zone, you know, the press conferences. And I get to talk to some fantastic journalists, some of the guys that we follow day in, day out. Always a pleasure to see them, always a pleasure to, to mix with them and to be uh, in the press box at the Emirates Stadium. None of that would have been possible, though, without you guys' support because it's this very podcast that has given me all the opportunities uh, that I've had in the last few years, for which I'm very, very grateful. Um, So thanks to each and every one of you once again for your continued support. And uh, we'll be back very, very soon with some more Arsenal-related content. We're going to start shifting our attention to that huge clash at Old Trafford uh, over the next coming day. So until then, take care of yourselves, guys. And uh, we'll be back very, very soon.